0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll have an update on Manitoba's potato harvest. And up first in today's country comment, we'll get reaction from Keystone Agricultural Producers on the election results. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Keystone Agricultural Producers is weighing in on the election result. Communications and Government Relations Manager Graham Schellenberg gave his thoughts on another liberal minority government.
1: We're certainly, you know, watching carefully as the, as the results come in at this point and uh, looking forward to continuing our work with the federal government. Um, we're at a point right now as an industry here in Canada where um you know it it's it's not too extreme to say the producers are struggling as this drought continues and really we need uh, the governments here to work together with with farm organizations as they've been doing uh, as we've been doing with our partners here in Manitoba as this drought continues and um you know we're we're looking forward to continuing those conversations in the weeks to come um we know that the drought here has long-term impacts and uh, certainly as uh, as a new or as, a, as an ag minister uh, takes that office, uh, we're, we can't wait to to start that conversation.
0: And uh, just looking back on on the election here, um, you know the overall focus on agriculture. Um, your thoughts on on the amount of attention that was uh, paid to that?
1: You know, it's always uh, I think a struggle in, elect, in an election campaign to uh, advance the issues that you're you're looking to to put on the radar there. I think uh, overall, you know, we're pleased with the engagement that we got uh, as an organization over here at CAP, but also with with our counterparts across provinces and certainly at the federal level with CFA. Um, it was good to see the the federal candidates debating agriculture in uh, in a forum like that, um, and and you know, as we've gone along here, I, I think that this has been. You know, everything that's going on right now in agriculture, you know, whether it be the election, whether it be the drought, the next policy framework have, have come together at a, at a really uh, opportune time here uh, for organizations like ours to advance our priorities. You know, we're looking for, for improvements to BRM programs, recognition of producers as, as environmental stewards, you know, working to build public trust in agriculture. So it's been great to, uh, to advance those issues. At the national level, at, you know, at the provincial level here with with uh, the local races, and uh, you know, I think overall we're pleased. There's always a bit of a, a race for oxygen in election campaign, but agriculture has factored into uh, a pretty good extent, and we're, we're looking forward to continuing these conversations on our key priorities with with the government. Uh, as we go forward here.
0: Just to wrap things up here, I guess, you know, farmers kind of winding down with with harvest. Um, You know, how how are things um, going out there?
1: You know, things are going pretty well. I think we've seen here that harvest has been uh, a bit quicker than in past years. I was just looking at the crop report recently and, um, you know, yields are are coming along and we'll see what what ends up happening. I think overall we've seen some good uh, good regrowth here. some positive news kind of as we head into the fall uh, with with uh, with recent rains and when really with improved soil moisture. So I think that, uh, you know, things are going well. We'll see what ends up happening uh, once everything's all said and done. But there is, uh, you know, there's some optimism on the horizon here as we head into the fall, but certainly we're not out of the woods yet.
0: That was Graham Schellenberg, Communications and Government Relations Manager with Keystone Agricultural Producers. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Keystone Agricultural Producers is looking forward to working with the Liberal government following the election result. Here's Communications and Government Relations Manager Graham Schellenberg.
1: We're looking for, for improvements to BRM programs, recognition of producers as, as environmental stewards, you know, working to build public trust in agriculture. So it's been great to, uh, to advance those issues at the national level, uh, you know, at the provincial level here with with uh, the local races. I think overall we're pleased. There's always a bit of a, a, a race for oxygen in the election campaign, but agriculture has factored into uh, a pretty good extent, and we're, we're looking forward to continuing these conversations on our key priorities with, with the government uh, as we go forward here.
0: The seventh annual Farm and Food Awareness Week is underway in Manitoba. This year's theme is Building Agri-Food Connections. Here's Manitoba Egg Minister Ralph Eichler.
2: A big shout out to all the producers out there that uh, make this possible. You know, ag is uh, a large part of our economy. It's 17% of our GDP. So always exciting to talk about farming and food and, and where it all comes from and how we all work together to make sure that we get a good, safe product for families to consume. Mm. And farmers are happy to do that for us.
0: In addition to initiatives hosted by sector partners and stakeholders, Manitoba will host webinars on the importance of building public trust in the agri-food industry and on the animal and plant protein sector. The minister will also proclaim Wednesday as Local Veggie Day in partnership with Farm to School Manitoba and the Manitoba Association of Home Economists. And it's Canada Rail Safety Week and the public is being reminded to be rail smart. Over 3,400 collisions with trains occurred last year in North America, resulting in over 2,200 serious injuries or fatalities. According to CP Rail, 292 fatalities have occurred on railway property across North America so far in 2021. When crossing a train track, vehicles should never drive around or under a lowered crossing gate arm. Cars should make sure to stop no closer than 5 meters away from the nearest rail, and you should never stop on the tracks. Trains also can't stop on a dime. The average train needs at least two kilometers to stop. CP and CN railway lines are private property and walking on them constitutes trespassing. The only legal place to cross a rail line is at a marked grade crossing. Rail Safety Week runs until September 26th. That was a look at today's Farm News. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Tuesday, September 21st. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from Justine Cornelson with the Canola Council of Canada. Canola growers in Manitoba can get their fields tested for club root, blackleg, verticillium stripe and glyphosate resistant weeds through the Manitoba Canola Growers Association's Get Tested program. Reporter Candace Dirksen caught up with Justine Cornelson, an agronomy specialist with the Canola Council of Canada.
3: Yeah, so Manitoba Canola Growers um, is offering free testing for its members. Um, and what um, they're able to do with that is, is get their fields tested for uh, different uh, diseases and also for different weed species. Um, so Canola Growers are, are um, able to assess um, club root within their field, uh, blackleg, verticillium stripe, um, and then there's several different weeds or glyphosate-resistant weeds uh, that they can send, uh, send samples away for. Okay, and so how does it work? Because there's a kind of a whole host of different things that you could potentially test for. Um, there's different time times um, that these diseases are assessed for, that the weed species are assessed. Um, but so how it works is, as a canola grower, um, they would email Manitoba canola growers, and they get a code for their free testing. Um, and then once you've got that code, um, either the, the canola grower or their agronomist can submit samples on their behalf. Um, so these samples go to the PSI lab, so the Pest Surveillance Initiative lab, in Winnipeg. Um, and that's where they can be um, tested for all of these different things. Um, from there, that grower would then get a report back. And if it was something like clubroot, root, it would say positive or negative for, for that species within the field. And what are, I guess, the concern levels, you know, at this point in the province regarding um, these three particular
0: diseases
3: yeah, you know, the are kind of, um, well, they're all very different. Mm-hmm. Something like clubroot, right, being a soil-borne disease. Um, we do have hot, kind of hot pockets where we we know that it is present. Um, other areas across the the province haven't seen it yet. So this is something that where growers can be very proactive. They can get out in the field and then take these samples. Um, it's not always very obvious, so it's such a great um, measure to go out there and, and collect soil and get it t- tested for. Uh, Something like blackleg, we know it's here, we know it's widespread, um, but we're at this next level of understanding this particular disease. And so what this test does is actually provides the grower with what the predominant race of of blackleg is within the field. Um, And that information can help them decide uh, what type of canola hybrid they should be growing in future years. Uh, and then the last of these being verticillium stripe. This is a new soil-borne disease here in Manitoba. Um, it's something that's actually new to Canada. was only found in
2: 2014.
3: So we're still at the basic um, kind of diagnosis, diagnosis of this particular disease. Um, it's, it's not as easy to, to find, and it kind of looks a lot like blackleg or sclerotinia. So it's all kind of just training ourselves to be, what to we looking for? And, and the lab is able to do that for us. On that note, what is it that growers should be looking for um, in their fields um, you know, as kind of like the early warning signs for any of these? You know, what, um, kind of look for, for areas that aren't, um, don't well represent the field. So if you're looking for maybe it's a patch that's lodging, uh, maybe it's an area that's dried down quicker than the rest of the field. Um, And obviously this year has been been a challenging year to begin with, but these are still, um, you know, you're still able to find these diseases out there. Um, So you really want to take this information and obviously there's nothing you can do about it this year in that particular canola crop, Mm -hmm. but it helps for future years in planning. Um, So something like our club root test actually, we do recommend growers um, test their uh, canola fields uh, for next spring. So if you're coming out of a wheat or a cereal crop, you should test that soil right now to see what the spore load for club root is before you go and plant a canola field in it next year. All right. And yeah, worth mentioning, this is uh, a free testing program, correct? Yes, yeah. Um, canola growers are, me- are members of the Manitoba Canola Growers Association. Um, so if you grow canola, you are a member of them. That's always another question, but you are a member of that association. Um, so yes, you are able to access free tests. Um, there's no limit. So if you want to go and quadruple test uh, your entire farm, you are able to do that. So you could submit you know, 10 samples in if you were wanting to.
0: That was Justine Cornelson with the Canola Council of Canada chatting with reporter Candice Dirksen. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email farmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute, Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is holding an introduction to holistic management Mondays beginning October 4th and running until November 8th. The online sessions will be held from 6 to 7 p.m. Registration is required. An Egg in Motion presents a post-harvest information session October 20th. Topics include storing grain options, winter equipment decisions and more. Visit the Egg in Motion website to register. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Tuesday afternoon, joining us now is Vikram Bisht with Manitoba Agriculture to give us an update on the province's potato harvest.
4: I think uh, the harvesting season or the weather is uh, perfect. Uh, we had uh, very good conditions so far. And uh, there is a wide uh, range of uh, harvesting that has been done uh, I'm told uh, some of the growers in the uh, western part of uh, the province, they probably are over 50% done and uh, should be uh, aiming to finish by the end of uh, September. Uh, the guys in the central area, uh, Treherne, Rathwell, and uh, uh no, that uh, area would be uh, around 30-40% and uh, in the southeast, uh, that is the winter region, you can say anywhere from uh, uh, 15 to about 30-35%. Uh, this is uh, between different farms. So the conditions are good. The pulp temperature is very nice, and uh, so at the moment everything looks uh, very nice. Except the uh, yields in some areas are lower, uh, but some growers are reporting uh, better than last year production.
0: And what about quality? Uh, so far,
4: uh, there is uh, no issue with quality. Uh, uh, the normal. Uh, rot uh, that uh, we see uh, does happen, but it is uh, much lower than normal. Uh, these are the you know the potatoes in the uh, irrigation uh, wheel ruts, and so when you see them, they they are basically gone. Uh, but uh, overall quality is very very good so far.
0: Any uh, issues with uh, late blight? Uh,
4: this year, we had uh, no
0: late blights reported anywhere in uh,
4: uh, Manitoba. Uh, I don't know much about Saskatchewan or Alberta, but I hear they, too, did not have any late blight. We had run a program for spore trapping uh, for the late blight spores, and uh, in two occasions or two sites in one week, uh, we had uh, spore trapped. Uh, but uh, because of the alert that we gave through our uh, newsletter, uh, growers were able to put fungicides in time, and uh, there was no disease reported.
0: Talk a bit about um, seed fields and and how those are looking. Aphid numbers
4: uh, towards the end of August were very, very low, which is a very good sign, and... uh, in most places the seed crop was uh, terminated by the second or third week of august but uh, in winter region the seed fields were carried on a bit longer because there was you know small tubers because of the heat and drought so when there was some rain they uh, continued the crop for a week or so and uh, so they are all taken care of All desiccated and I am hearing that uh, the production is good. At the moment, I don't have much information on the uh, seed yields uh, at, uh, you know, separated from the commercial yields.
0: That was Vikram Bisht with Manitoba Agriculture updating us on the potato harvest. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Keystone Agricultural Producers is weighing in on the election result. Communications and Government Relations Manager Graham Schellenberg gave his thoughts on another liberal minority government.
1: Looking forward to continuing our work with the federal government. We're at a point right now as an industry here in Canada where... It's not too extreme to say the producers are struggling as this drought continues. And really, we need uh, the governments here to work together with with farm organizations as they've been doing, uh, as we've been doing with our partners here in Manitoba as this drought continues. And we're looking forward to continuing those conversations in the weeks to come. We know that the drought here has long-term impacts. And uh, certainly, as an Ag Minister takes that office, uh, we can't wait to, to start that conversation.
0: CAP outlined four main priorities heading into this year's election, including business risk management programs, the role of producers as environmental stewards, economic development and public trust in agriculture. And the seventh annual Farm and Food Awareness Week is underway in Manitoba. Ag Minister Ralph Eichler says this year's theme is building agri-food connections.
2: It's important that uh, farmers uh, be able to tell their story. And of course, you know all Manitobans want to be able to relay onto their family about where their food comes from. So I know growing up on a farm myself and my cousins would come out from the city and they were just in awe. They always wanted to take turns back, back in those days. We milked our cows by hand, but it was just such a treat to be able to share farm life with my urban cousins.
0: In addition to initiatives hosted by sector partners and stakeholders, Manitoba will host webinars on the importance of building public trust in the agri-food industry and on the animal and plant protein sector. The Minister will also proclaim tomorrow as Local Veggie Day in partnership with Farm to School Manitoba and the Manitoba Association of Home Economists. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email farmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the markets farm program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll get an update on the cattle markets. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.